The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you, are, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. God, you have called us to be the branches of your vine. It is a gift of grace. Help us to live in that and understand what it means to be pruned in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was growing up, gardens were the job that my mother always did. Gardens were her, was her work and whomever she could find that was around. And that was me. One of the things of those early gardens that I remember was growing tomatoes. And the vines would go all over And then mother would say to me, go weed the garden. Do you know what kind of mess vines make when you're trying to weed in them? Fast forward. Mom and dad retired. They moved from the farm into town, and they had a double lot. One lot was the house, And the other lot was the garden. And in this garden, they planted some Concord grape vines. I remember them planting the post, two rows of them, or was it three, wires in between them, grape plants at the bottom by the post. First year... Not much. Second year, the plants grew up onto the vine. The third year, they had some grapes. It was a nice little crop. The fourth year, nothing. Fifth year, nothing. So mom started reading. And she said, oh, vines needed to be pruned. So she had dad prune the tree and prune the vines and it looks so pretty just pruned to perfection the next year nothing well 
you have to know my dad a little bit. He's the type of guy that lives by the phrase, if a hammer doesn't work, get a bigger hammer. So he got a bigger pruning instrument, and he pruned the vine. And everybody walked by looking at his vineyard and said, oh, did it die? So that year, nothing. But the year after that, there was a bonanza, grapes, grape jelly, grape juice, grape pancake syrup, huge crop. Grapevines need radical pruning in order to produce. On the other side of the family, Grandpa Barnard told me, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Meaning, if you want to get ahead, you have to have the right connections. And that's what this text is about. It's the right connections. The branches hooked to the vine. He abides in us and we abide in Jesus. So the point of the text is to stay involved in that root. And the idea is not to make Jesus an idol, but to make Jesus the right connections, to know that we are not on our own, that we are connected, that abiding word. And the root, the root is there so that we may become like Jesus, letting go, opening our hearts and our minds, opening our clenched fist into a mission of love. And we do that by staying in the root, in the vine, and producing fruit. I ran across a nice quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And it was written in Letters and Papers from Prison in May of 1944, and it was a sermon for his godson who was being baptized. And I thought it would be a good quote for an affirmation of baptism. And he's talking about May 1944 and the brutality of war. And so he says to his godson, Today you will be baptized a Christian. All those ancient words of Christian proclamation will be spoken over you. We are once again being driven right back to the beginning of our understanding, such as reconciliation and redemption, regeneration and the Holy Spirit, love of enemies, cross and resurrection, life in Christ, 
Christian discipleship. All these things are so difficult and so remote, we hardly venture anymore to speak of them. May 1944, and he's thinking about the church and that it is being pruned. Some of the church is being, Lutheran church is being persecuted and other parts of the Lutheran church is supporting the Nazi movement. And he says, Our church, which has been fighting in these years only for self-preservation, as though that were an end in itself, is incapable of taking the word of reconciliation and redemption to the world. He sees the church in 1944 as being weak. But he says this to his godson and to his parents. The piety of your home will not be noisy or long-winded, but it will teach you to say your prayers, to fear and love God above everything else, and to do the will of Jesus. And then Bonhoeffer again talks about the church. What we have built up is being destroyed overnight, and that the life they will have known will belong to a vanished world. If we can save our souls unscathed out of the wreckage of our material possessions, let us be satisfied with that. Things will never be the same. 1944. And he says this to his grand uh, godchild. By the time you have grown up, the church's form will have changed greatly. We are not yet out of the melting pot, and any attempt to help the church prematurely to a new expansion of its organization will merely delay its conversion and its purification. And as a closing word to his godson, he says, to be deeply rooted in the soil of the past makes life harder, but it also makes it richer and more vigorous. There are in human life certain fundamental truths to which people will always return sooner or later. So there is no need to hurry. We have to be able to wait. Meaning that faith always goes back to the root, always goes back to God's action. And so today in the story of the vine, we ask, what are we connected to? In our modern life, there are many things that connect us all in different ways, and yet our modern life experience is we want a real relationship. 
The sermon hymn that will be sung right after this is, O Jesus, I Have Promised. It's a powerful hymn. Probably doesn't make the top ten favorites, but it's powerful. It has a message of abiding in the grace of God. Pay attention to the words, because the pastor John Ertus Bode wrote it. He was serving a small congregation in Cambridge, England. And his three children, a daughter and two sons, were ready to be confirmed. Or as we say, an affirmation of their baptismal vows. So Pastor Bode not only presided over their confirmation, but he wrote this hymn for that occasion, telling the children that the hymn included, quote, all the important truths I want you to remember, unquote. He was right. It contains the truth of an affirmation of baptism, that Jesus dwells in us and with us, and we dwell in him and he with him. So that hymn promises that Jesus has promises to us, and that we have promises to Jesus. And if you look at the verbs, they're all present tense, meaning something that's happening right now. So faith is something active and moving. It's not static or dry. Abide. That's the gospel message. Martin Luther read Paul's writing, and he found the phrase justified by faith alone through grace. It changed Martin Luther. And then Martin Luther changed the rest of the world. Faith is a given. Faith is a gift given to us by grace. We don't do anything to earn it. But Luther also discovered another letter. It was the letter of James. And James didn't want faith to be just something in an easy chair. So James said over and over again that faith without works is dead. To paraphrase the book of James, it says, if you've got faith, you better be out there living and working and journeying along that very active way. As you know, Luther didn't like the book of James at all. A paraphrase of his quote, James makes me so angry that I feel like throwing Jimmy into the kitchen stove. Luther wanted faith to be like a precious jewel hidden in our hearts. Others see faith as a life of walking with God. Others say that faith is a matter of the head and the heart so that you know how you feel. And others say it's a matter of the hands and feet, what you do and where you are. But in this book of 
John 15, we get both. We get faith about remaining and abiding and staying still and calm and in one place rooted to Jesus. And at the same time, we are called to produce fruit, to be active, to be vibrant, to be alive. So what is the fruit that John 15 talks about? What is the fruit that is reproduced? The fruit is another disciple. One disciple bears fruit and makes another disciple. And that disciple produces fruit and produces another disciple. Faith is always changing. The faith of one day is changing for the faith of another day. But that faith is always connected to the true vine. It's rooted in Jesus Christ. And that faith never changes. But our daily faith of producing fruit by producing another disciple, and then we are pruned so that we may produce another disciple after that. The pruning of old habits, old thoughts, old attitudes, or old behaviors that need to be cut off and die so that there is a new growth, a new growth of faith in the power of Jesus, a faith that produces in us fruit and love. Amen.